from Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Tuesday, August 30th. I'm Marco Werman. The Libyan Rebel Council gives supporters of Muammar Gaddafi until Saturday to surrender their last major stronghold. Meanwhile, the hunt for the ousted leader continues. Also, Spain rushes toward a constitutional amendment that would mandate a balanced budget. And Russians love conspiracy theories. They'll even consider this one, that mutant Russian agents crash-landed a flying saucer in the New Mexico desert. That would be so cool if he would be able to do so. That would be just, like, a brilliant topic to explore, you know. That's coming up on the program. BBC News with Marion Marshall. The Libyan Transitional Council has given pro-Gaddafi forces until Saturday to surrender their last major strongholds. The fighters warned that if troops continued to hold out, they would begin an all-out military assault on Colonel Gaddafi's birthplace, Siat, and two other cities. Jim Muir reports from Benghazi. In his usual quiet-spoken way, the opposition leader Mustafa Abdul-Jalil stressed that the opposition still hoped for the peaceful surrender of the city of Sirte and other strongholds loyal to Colonel Gaddafi. Negotiations are going on between opposition figures here in Benghazi and tribal leaders in Sirte. But Mustafa Abdul-Jalil said that their patience was limited. They lie down their weapons now. They can enjoy the amnesty unless they are involved in crimes against humanity. An opposition military spokesman put it even more bluntly. Zero hour was approaching, he said. Some news just in. The British government says the UN has agreed to release almost 2 billion Libyan dinar, to the value of about 1.5 billion US dollars, being held in UK banks. The US has imposed new sanctions on three top Syrian government officials in what the State Department said was an attempt to further tighten the noose on President Bashar al-Assad's inner circle. It follows a violent end to the Muslim holy month of Ramadan, in which at least seven people were shot dead at protests across Syria. Russia's state-owned oil company Rosneft and the United States energy giant ExxonMobil have announced a strategic deal to jointly explore and develop oil and gas reserves under the sea in the Arctic. More from our economics correspondent, Andrew Walker. The two companies are planning to put a total of over $3 billion into exploration of the Arctic Ocean and the Black Sea. Rosneft gets access to ExxonMobil's expertise and capital. The US company extends its position in Russia, which is widely seen as a key location for future oil and gas production. The Arctic elements in the agreement replace the deal between Rosneft and BP that failed earlier this year over a dispute with the British company's other Russian partner. Some of Sweden's main newspapers have announced a temporary shutdown of their previously unrestricted online comment pages while they're overhauled to prevent hate speech. The move was prompted by some of the responses to the killings in Norway last month. Here's Mike Sanders. Up to now, Swedish readers have been able to log on to the newspaper's comment pages using pseudonyms and nicknames. Some overtly praised Anders Bering Breivik for killing 77 people, endorsing his views about what he called the Islamization of Europe. Now, contributors will have to use their Facebook or other social networking accounts to access comment pages run by three of the top newspapers. Editors admit it won't be entirely foolproof. Mischief makers could set up bogus accounts. But they think it will weed out most racist and other antisocial opinions. World News from the BBC. 
There have been clashes in South Africa between police and demonstrators supporting the radical leader of the governing ANC's youth wing, Julius Malema. The police used stun grenades and water cannon to disperse protesters, throwing rocks and bottles. The clashes took place around the ANC headquarters, where Mr Malema was attending the first day of a disciplinary hearing for allegedly bringing the party into disrepute. Mr Malema appealed to his supporters to show restraint. The authorities in Sudan have denied allegations by international human rights groups that they're continuing aerial bombardments of civilians in the province of South Kordofan. A senior government official said there'd been no bombing since President Omar al-Bashir declared a temporary ceasefire last week. But Jihan Henry of Human Rights Watch said researchers had witnessed Sudanese planes bombing what appeared to be civilian areas. The day after the ceasefire was declared that some bombing was reported in a relatively populated town.